the undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh! Welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast. I'm your host, Chris McKee, Season 2, Episode 3. I want to do a bit of a quick one today. I'm going to ride solo, and I want to chat about some of the transfers from mid-major schools that are leaving to the high majors because once the season starts, I'm not going to be able to talk about them. So here are the 10 best mid-major to high-major transfers. I actually make that 11 because when I wrote my article on UndraftedFreeAgent.com, I forgot about one, so I'll get to him at the end. So I think the best mid-major to high-major transfer heading into the 2021-22 season is Devontae Jones. He's going to play for Michigan under Jawan Howard. He transferred from Coastal Carolina, where he was the Sunbelt Player of the Year, as well as first-team All-Sunbelt, averaging 19.3 points per game, which was number 23 in the country, along with 7.2 rebounds, which is He's an excellent rebounding guard. He's only six foot one, but he's getting 7.2 rebounds per game. He led the conference and was number three in the country in steals per game with 2.8, was second team all Sun Belt in 2019-20, and freshman of the year in 2018-19. This guy is a baller. I love his game. For anyone who listened to the podcast last year, I talked quite a bit about Devontae at Coastal Carolina. That was one of my favorite teams. Sneaky good team. Disappointing they didn't win the Sun Belt and get to the tournament. I believe Appalachian State knocked them off in the conference tournament, but you see the move to Michigan and getting the chance to play under Jawan Howard is a huge opportunity. We see how it worked out last year for Mike Smith, who transferred from Columbia as a grad transfer and was one of the top scorers in the NCAA while at Columbia and ended up having a really nice season at Michigan, was a key figure in their run. I think they were the Big Ten regular season champs, so don't expect much of a drop-off for Michigan, and I think this is a great look for Devontae Jones. Expect to see him making a pretty deep run in the tournament for the Wolverines. Another guy that I love, anyone who's listened to this podcast over the past year, Marion Jackson. He's transferred from Toledo to Arizona State. He's a 6'1 senior guard from Cleveland, Ohio. He turns 23 just before the start of the season, following a 2020-21, where he was the MAC Player of the Year, first team All MAC. I mean, the guy is just a walking bucket, 18.1 points per game, along with 5.9 assists. I mean, you know, I can't say enough about how much I love Marion Jackson's game. I think this guy's going to get a chance to play in the NBA once, you know, his college career is over. I mean, he's not getting drafted. He's a 6'1 guard, you know, played at a mid-major, but him going to play at Arizona State under Bobby Hurley, who, again, was an undersized guard in his playing days at Duke, and I just think it's going to be a great marriage and a great opportunity for Marion to showcase his talent in the Pac-12 you know, for those that listened to uh, the first episode of season two, I had Keyshawn Saunders on, who is a guard at Toledo, and he, you know his his mentor is Marion Jackson, and we both talked about how, look, you can't really blame a guy like Marion for transferring out of Toledo. The guy put five years of work in at Toledo, you know, helped him win a MAC regular season championship. Bit of un- unfinished business because I thought they should have won the MAC conference tournament and get to the tournament, but they didn't get it done. But 
It looks like Marion is going to get his chance to play in the NCAA tournament at Arizona State because I think he's going to be a key figure for Bobby Hurley at the Sun Devils. And that's a guy, you know, I'm going to be watching quite a bit of all throughout the year. Another big loss and, you know, a big gain for Penn State. Jalen Pickett transfers to Penn State from Siena. He's a 6'4 senior guard from Rochester, New York. And is a three-time first-team All-MAAC selection, including being named Player of the Year in 2019-20, which is two seasons ago. Averaged 13 points a game last year and over 15 points per game over his three seasons at Siena. He's put his name in the NBA draft a couple times over the past couple of years and ended up withdrawing. You know, I don't know if he's an NBA guy, but he's certainly going to play professional at a high level in Europe. Um, ended up coming back. But, you know, if, if he doesn't get to Europe, I mean, he's going to get a summer league offer somewhere, free agent opportunity. The guy's a really nice player, but I think this is going to be a good year for Penn State. Penn State also just added another transfer, a kid named Giovanni Scott that I know well. I did the play-by-play for Giovanni's high school. Uh, it was the last couple of years of high school up at Orangeville Prep. And this kid is an elite talent. He's a really nice player. Um, didn't have the academics down, so ended up going down to South Plains Juco down in Texas, which is one of the better Juco's in, in the U.S. Had a couple good seasons, and I always said this about Giovanni. You know, he kind of had a little bit of baby fat on him. I'm like, if he can lean out and get his body right just because his athleticism is off the charts, he can attack the basket, he can shoot from anywhere in the gym, and now he's going to be paired with a, a really, you know, senior guy and a mature guy like Jalen Pickett. So watch out for Penn State to have a big year. And Jalen Pickett, I think, is going to be a big part of that. Now, where does Sienna go without Jalen? I don't know. Uh, they also lose Manny Camper, and the two of them have been a formidable duo over the past couple of years. So Carmen Maciarello, their head coach, has got his work cut out for him. But I got to expect Sienna is going to take a little bit of a drop in the Metro Atlantic this year. But uh, watch out for Jalen Pickett at Penn State. He's going to have a good year. Now, one guy that everyone's become familiar with over the past year is Kevin O'Banner from Oral Roberts. Obviously had the deep run, him and Max Asmus. Um, but he's left Oral Roberts and transferred to Texas Tech, which I, I'm a little unsure how this is going to work out. So O'Banner, 6'8", senior forward from Houston, Texas, obviously going back home to his home state, getting a chance to play for Texas Tech. But, you know, Chris Beard's left. You know, I, I can understand... You know, the, you know, wanting to play for Chris Beard uh, at Texas Tech, but Chris Beard's gone, and now Mark Adams taking over as the head coach in Texas Tech. And you know, look, you guys, forgotten more basketball than I know, but not exactly, you know, a big time, you know, household name that's gonna move the dial. And so I gotta think Texas Tech gonna take, gonna have a little bit of a drop off in the Big Twelve. But either way, you know, I'm sure O'Banner he's earned the right. Now again, this guy's a senior; he, he put in his work at Oral Roberts, um, led Oral Roberts to a Summer League title and a run of the Sweet 16 this year, had a bunch of big games, you know, against Florida and, and all through the tournament. The guy was huge. He was amazing. Named Summit Team, uh, all first team after he averaged 18.7 points per game along with 9.6 rebound. I mean, his talent and big game experience is going to be huge for the Red Raiders. I just don't know if the Red Raiders are going to be huge for him. And he had everyone, you know, I was following his recruitment. I mean, a dozen big, big-time D1 programs all wanted him to come. I think he's an undersized, you know, power forward at that the high major level. So can he be a key figure off the bench? Yeah, but if he's a starter for Texas Tech, I don't know. I, I mean, that's one of those ones to keep an eye on. Some of these guys on this list, I mean, it's a no-brainer, right? But some of them, it's going to be, it's a 50-50 shot. So O'Banner is one of those guys. I don't know if his skill set translates to the Big 12 level. But uh, hey, we're going to find out soon enough. 
Another guy whose skill set I am certain is going to transfer to the SEC, Stanley Umide. He's transferred to Arkansas from South Dakota. This guy, one of the best mid-major players in college basketball last year, 6'6 senior guard from San Antonio, Texas, getting the chance to go play for Eric Musselman at Arkansas. This is another guy who had, you know, a bunch of high major teams wanting his signature, you know, as a grad transfer, ranked number nine in the country in scoring last year, 21.6 points per game. He also scored 41 against rival South Dakota State. I watched that game. That's where he kind of came on my radar, and I was like, who the hell is this guy? So kind of studied him quite a bit. I've been following him since that kind of midseason. But Stanley Umide, this guy's a walking bucket named first team all summit league this past year, as well as two years ago, 2018-19, and was second team all summit league in 2019-20. I mean, this guy getting the chance to play under Musselman, huge opportunity for the two of them. I think he's going to bring quite a bit to the table for the Razorbacks who should be considered one of the favorites in the SEC. I mean, you saw how good they were last year. Expect them to be a little bit better with Umide now contributing. So watch out for the for the Arkansas Razorbacks. That's going to be a team that uh, is going to be in the mix uh, certainly come March. Another guy that I'm not certain how this transfer is going to work out. So Joseph Yusufu, he's gone to Kansas from Drake. Had a great season at Drake. He's a six-foot sophomore guard from Bolingbrook, Illinois. Led Drake to an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament, along with being named Missouri Valley Conference Sixth Man of the Year after a season where he averaged 12.8 points per game. Still got three years of eligibility remaining at Kansas now. A six-foot guard in the Big 12. I mean, Joseph is a really nice player. I think he fit perfect for the MVC. I thought that was where his talent level is now. If he makes the jump to the Big 12 and at Kansas and now, you know, playing back in these arenas, which are all going to be packed again. We've all watched the college football stadiums jammed to capacity, so we know the college basketball arenas are going to be equally as packed. That kind of intensity, I don't know. I, I thought he, you know, should have stayed at Drake uh, at least another year um, and kind of built something there. Drake's got something going on. I got to think Drake with Joseph Yusufu would have been the clear-cut favorites in the Missouri Valley, you know, with – uh, you know, Loyola, they're losing Cameron Krutwig, Porter Moser gone as head coach, and there's going to be a bit of a transition. Look, Loyola's still got some guys, but so does Drake. You know, Roman Penn stays. They're pretty deep, pretty good team. And I just thought, man, if he stays, you know, who knows what can happen with Drake. But, hey, I get it. You know, how do you turn down the chance to go play in Kansas? And he's going to get that opportunity. So best of luck to him. But, I mean, look, I don't want to bet against the kid, but with three years of eligibility remaining, expect to see him transfer again back down to the mid-major level at some point in the future. Now, here's a guy. This isn't the most splashiest of transfers, but Aaron Cook Jr., he's gone to the Georgia Bulldogs from Gonzaga, um, and prior to that spent four years at Southern Illinois before he transferred to Gonzaga. 6'2", senior guard from St. Louis, Missouri, played 103 games over four seasons at Southern Illinois before transferring to the Zags last year, where he was, he was a key figure off the bench. Now, I, I think one of the reasons why he's transferred out, I wonder maybe if, um, you know, Andrew Nemhart transferred late to Gonzaga from Florida, and he was supposed to sit out a year. But because of the whole COVID year and all that nonsense, um, transfer waivers were being handed out like, you know, candy at a, you know, to candy to kids at a candy store, whatever the reference you want to use. But everyone was getting a waiver last year. So, Nemhart got his waiver thinking, you know, Mark Few thought, okay, well, I'm going to bring in Nemhart. He's going to sit out last year. Aaron Cook's going to be my backup to Jalen Suggs. 
to provide that veteran presence, and Cook ended up getting pushed down the pecking order. Now, he played real minutes all throughout the season. I watched every single Gonzaga game aside from one, the one that wasn't on TV when they played Northwestern State down in Louisiana, but every single Gonzaga game aside from one I watched, Cook's a really nice player. Um, there were times where, you know, Mark Few sat Jalen Suggs, didn't really feel the need to use him or risk injury or burning him out. And so Cook got real minutes. He's a really nice player. Um, average just 4.2 points per game. But this is a guy that if he had regular minutes could probably average, you know, 12, 14, 15 points a game. And I think his experience, I mean, this guy's a six-year player. He turns 24 in December. So come March, George is going to have a 24-year-old guard who's played about 140 college basketball games, including a guy that would play the national championship last year. So really nice pickup, not splashiest. This one isn't going to move the dial, but I think Georgia, this is a real key pickup for him. And I think it's a good look for Aaron, you know, playing in the SEC. Another guy you want to take a look at, Raleigh Worcester. This one, eh, this is, to me, feels like he's moving sideways. So he transfers to the Utah Utes from Utah State. Now, Utah State, anyone who watched them last year, it's one of the best mid-major teams in the country. It was disappointing they didn't get in the tournament. I mean, Raleigh teamed with Namias Keita, who ended up being a second-round draft pick of the Sacramento Kings in the NBA. That was a really nice, you know, tandem, the two of them. Utah State had a couple really nice guys. I thought Utah State, regardless of with Namias Keita or not, was still going to be a really good team this year. And Utah kind of, you know, middle-of-the-pack, Pac-12 team, I, I don't know. I mean, I get why he wants to go to the Pac-12. But to me, this is one of those moving sideways. It's not like going from Utah State to Kentucky, you know, like Joseph Yusufu going from Drake to Kansas. You get that. Utah State to Utah, uh, you know, is what it is. But Raleigh Worcester, anyone that listened to this pod, I talked about him quite a bit last year. Deceptively good player. When you walk into the gym, he's not one of those guys that's going to wow you in the warm-up because he's kind of just like a frumpy-looking white dude. He's not chiseled. I mean, that's one thing he's got to work on. He's got to get his body in better kind of basketball shape. Had 9.1 points per game last year. Coming out of high school, was the two-time Gatorade Player of the Year for Montana. Was also an All-State quarterback in safety. So kind of had a bit more of a football body, a little bit thicker than he needed to be. And I think if he leans out and has more of a basketball body, this guy's going to you know make a big impact in the Pac-12. Really nice player. Can shoot. Uh, very creative with his passing. Um, you know, the guy's a quarterback. He can, you know, he's no Jalen Suggs as far as his, you know, 30-yard passes on a dime up court, but he's not far behind that. And uh, I think this guy's going to have a really nice career. Will he stick at Utah and, and make an impact? I don't know. That's one to keep an eye on. It's not a sure bet, but um, I get the move for Raleigh. But, you know, that's one of those ones. Uh, let, let's keep a close watch on this. This is a move I do get. Michael Flowers from South Alabama to Washington State. 6'1 senior guard from Southfield, Michigan. So Flowers ranked number 15 in the nation in scoring last year. 21 points per game for Richie Riley at South Alabama. I watched him quite a bit because, you know, I've talked about this. Richie is a coach that I have a really good relationship with. Um, we, we talk usually a couple times a year, and uh, I always keep an eye on everything he's doing and watch quite a bit of South Alabama uh, in, in the end of the year in the Sun Belt, especially in the Sun Belt tournament. This guy, I mean, Michael Flowers is a walking bucket. I mean, late in the game, he wants the ball. He wants to take the key shots in big moments. He's got it. I mean, you know, this is going to be his third university. Started out at Western Michigan, played, a, what I think, three years there and was, was an awesome player. Averaged about 15, 16 points a game in the MAC, which is a tough league. 
goes down to South Alabama, thought he was going to have to sit out, and then about two days before the season gets his waiver, because I mentioned earlier, you know, with the Nemhard waiver, the NCAA was just handing him out, so got the chance to play last year, and uh, no surprise, I mean, this is a guy, this is his third school, no surprise to me that he's going to want to bounce, but don't feel bad for Richie Riley, the king of the transfer, he's got a whole whack load of high major guys coming in to South Alabama, so hey, would they be a better team with Michael Flowers? Certainly are they going to hurt without him? Not that much, but a nice pickup for Washington State. Um, they got a kid named Jefferson Koulibaly, who I called his high school games. He was at Orangeville Prep for a season and then transferred over to Lincoln Prep, which is a school in Hamilton, and was the league of the MVP of the league that I call a really nice player uh, and signed with Washington State. Got hurt last year, sat out the whole year, so now he's going to have a guy like Flowers to learn from. So hopefully Flowers is a good mentor for this young guy, Koulibaly, and Washington State you know, may become something. This is a transfer I get 10,000%. So Tyson Walker, he's gone to Michigan State from Northeastern, had a really nice year at Northeastern, six-foot guard from Westbury, New York, was named the Colonial Athletic Defensive Player of the Year as well as first-team All-CAA after a season where he averaged 18.8 points per game along with 2.8 steals and 4.8 assists. Now, look, Tom Izzo, I mean, he's got a share of five-star you know, recruits and McDonald's All-Americans. But if you want to win the Big Ten and if you want to win a national championship, you need guys who are going to do the nitty-gritty stuff, guys that are going to play defense. A guy like Tyson Walker, you know, CAA Defensive Player of the Year, little undersized for the Big Ten at six foot, but his tenacity, I mean, he's got to be a sharp kid. Anyone who goes to Northeastern, you got to have the grades because I know a bunch of kids on Northeastern, five Canadians, and two of them, I did their high school play-by-play in Coleman Stuka and Alex Nawaga. They also got Nicola Joga from Notre Dame, another Orangeville kid that didn't play a lot at Notre Dame, but it's been there for four years and now moved over. Jamil Telford, who is the CAA Sixth Man of the Year. And uh, who am I missing? They got another young kid uh, that's transferred in as well, but... A bunch of Canadians at Northeastern, really good team, and I think they'll be just fine without Tyson. Obviously, you know, you lose a defensive player of the year, there's going to be a drop-off, but then you get a kid in from Notre Dame to replace. But I love this move for both Tyson and Michigan State. This guy's going to do the dirty work, and I think now watch out for Michigan State. Michigan, Michigan State, um, they're going to be the two teams in the Big Ten this year, and I think Tyson Walker is going to be a big part of that. Now, when I wrote my article on undraftedfreeagent.com, I listed these 10 players. And I forgot one, you know, as soon as you you click publish, you're like, oh, damn, I forgot one kid. And I love the kid, James Reese, who was at North Texas, helped North Texas to run in the tournament. Really nice player. He's transferred to South Carolina. Now, a bit of a disappointment. And I thought if North Texas returns everyone, they're going to be a sweet 16 team, Uh, you know, going to win Conference USA again, certainly be one of the favorites and have the opportunity to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. But he leaves. I think North Texas will be just fine. But this kid is from South Carolina. He's getting the chance to go home. So James Reese, watch out for him uh, for the Gamecocks. I mean, the Gamecocks, I mean, hey, Frank Martin, a great coach, but they were, I think they were like 6-13 and 13 or something last year. A really bad team uh, in the SEC. So, and, you know, going from a really good mid-major program to a crap high-major team, I don't know. I mean, I get it. He's going home, so it makes sense. But as far as the team level, uh, sometimes the grass ain't always greener. So there's 11 mid-major kids going to high-major programs. You know, there's a whole bunch more. These are just a bunch of kids that I really like and something to watch out for as the season progresses. And 
But yeah, trying to ramp up the pod a little bit more now that basketball, college basketball anyways, 30 days away. And uh, things looking really good. I'm, you know, check out the site, undraftedfreeagent.com. I've got a whole bunch of new content up there. Recruiting watch, high school players, a bunch of different articles. Um, I put a, an article up yesterday on, uh, or this morning actually, 10 Canadians at mid-majors you want to watch. So take a look at that. And of course, follow us on Twitter. I'm starting to focus on that a little bit more. I'm going to pump up our Twitter and Instagram. You know, don't really have the followers yet, but I need your help. I need your follow us. Follow us, undrafted underscore FA. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Of course, check me out on YouTube, Chris McKee. And of course, read the articles, undraftedfreeagent.com. Thanks for listening. I'm going to keep pumping out the podcast all throughout the season. The undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh!